Heavenly Father, thank you for the great mercy that you show to people. Thank you that you lift up the humble and that you bring justice to the people. Lord, please open my lips to speak your word and our hearts to hear and rejoice in your good news today. In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 63, we see something quite remarkable. It's a tender moment between two unlikely women who are right at the center of God's plan. Now, in our modern context, that might not be so remarkable that the spotlight is firmly here on two women and that there are no men in this scene. But in the time of Jesus and the time when the Gospels were written, women were often the marginalized ones. They were never really at the centre of the story. They were barely mentioned in ancient literature. And yet here we have this beautiful picture where it's Mary and her relative Elizabeth who are right at the centre of the story and right at the centre of God's plan. This is made all the more unlikely by the fact that Mary is an unwed, pregnant, teenage mum-to-be great disgrace among the people of that time. And Elizabeth is an old lady who up to this point has never been able to have a baby. Again, great disgrace for the people of that time. So you can see that both Mary and Elizabeth are an unlikely pair of women to be right here at the center of the story and at the center of God's plan. And as I've reflected this week on the story of Elizabeth, I've been filled with joy because there's just so much good news in Elizabeth's story and good news that is shared with us as well. As I go through the Advent people in these weeks, I'm looking at the promises that God makes to the Advent people and how they relate also to our own lives. The first Advent promise that comes from the story of Elizabeth is that God can use anyone for his purposes. Everyone is welcome in God's plan. Even the people who, as I said, were disgraced and potentially marginalized in their culture, everyone is welcome in God's plan. Now, an old woman who can't conceive a baby, where have I heard that before in the Bible? Does anyone know? I'm sure that... Yes, that's right, Abraham and Sarah. So the very um, the initial promise of God to Abraham and to Sarah that he would form a people and from them would come salvation, um, Sarah also was an old lady who couldn't conceive, who in fact laughed when God told her that she would have a baby. And yet God used Sarah... And God used Elizabeth to bring to fruition his beautiful plan. Let me read a couple of verses for you in Luke chapter 1. So this is from verse 39. And the angel Gabriel has just come to Mary and he has told her that she will have a baby. Uh, and then she has said, well, how can this be? Because I'm, I'm a virgin. So how will that happen? And the angel has said that the Holy Spirit will be the one who helps Mary to conceive. And then in verse, chapter 1, verse 36, the angel says, 
Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. At that time, this is verse 39, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Once again, this is a beautiful and tender moment between two women, two relatives who are unlikely and who are ashamed in the world's eyes, but who are chosen to be right in the center of God's plan. Here are the ancient promises being fulfilled. The promises that we heard from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, that a descendant of David would be raised up to save the people. Interestingly, we see that Elizabeth is given an equal and vital role compared to her husband Zechariah in this story. There's a whole bit about Zechariah in the temple and there's a whole bit about Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth's story is told. It's hard to emphasize how important that is in ancient literature. And the Holy Spirit is clearly at work in Elizabeth just as it is in Zechariah. We see that when Mary greets Elizabeth, that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. So God is pouring out his spirit here, even on Elizabeth. Once again, God can use anyone in his plan. God's promise is that nothing is impossible with God. Even the things that seem like they are beyond hope. Elizabeth, who had given up on having a child, will now become the mother of John the Baptist. The second promise, the Advent promise that comes to Elizabeth, is around this sentence in verse 43, where Elizabeth says, But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Literally, in the original language, this statement or this question is, Why is this happening to me? And, and it has a sense of, I'm not worthy of this, not in an ashamed kind of way, just like in a sense of, well, really, I'm no one special. I'm no one very important. Um, so why, why would God bless me like this? You know, it's, it's not about me because I don't have anything really special to offer. Why am I so favored? This is the essence of the grace of God. And I think that all of us in our realistic and humble moments would say, you know what, there's nothing special about me that would make God choose to show his favor to me. And that's what grace is. Grace is not getting something because we deserve it or because we're good enough, but grace is God coming to us despite any goodness or worthiness or specialness in us. If we compare Luke 
chapter 1 here with Elizabeth saying, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? If we compare that with the Christmas story, which we find in Luke chapter 2, and if we look at verse 13 to 14 of Luke chapter 2, and this is where the angels come to the shepherds, um, a very well-known part of the story. Does anyone have that in front of them? Thanks, Yvette. Luke 2 verse 13 to 14. Glory to God in the highest, this is the way my translation puts it, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. In the Christmas story, it's very clear that God's favour rests on all people. But why are we so favoured that God should visit us? Why are we so favoured that God should show us his grace and mercy? Well, that's the essence of grace, isn't it? It's not because of us, not because of what I've done, but because of who he is, as the poets sing. Not because of who I am, but because of what he's done. The Christmas story shows us that God's favor and his forgiveness and his mercy rest on all people through the child Jesus. And of course, John the Baptist, who will be the son of Elizabeth, is a precursor for the coming of Jesus, who brings God's favor to all people even to those who are amazed at their undeservingness of God's grace. If you're anything like me, you have probably thought, I don't deserve the grace of God. And you would be absolutely right, as would I. None of us deserves grace. That's what it's about. Grace is undeserved favor and sheer love from God, not because of our worthiness, but because of his goodness. Another Advent promise that we learn from the story of Elizabeth here is that faith comes through hearing. Luke 1 verse 44 says, has Elizabeth saying, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Martin Luther and the Reformers said that the organ of belief is the ear. The organ of faith is the ear. And the reason they said that is because it's God's word that comes to us. And when we hear God's word, the Holy Spirit works faith in us. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the Holy Spirit was at work in her. And Elizabeth says, blessed are you and blessed is the child you will bear. How did she know? How did she know? This was already at the very beginning of Mary's pregnancy. She wouldn't have been showing yet. Clearly, the Holy Spirit had been revealing to Elizabeth as he had been revealing to Mary and to Zechariah and to Joseph the plan of God that was unfolding with the birth of the Christ child. The Holy Spirit is at work in both Elizabeth and Mary and in Zechariah and Joseph. And the Holy Spirit is at work in us, revealing God's plan that through the Christ child Jesus, he will save all people and show them grace. Another piece of Advent good news, another Advent promise, is that God lifts up the humble. You may be very familiar with Mary's song. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 56. It's often called the Magnificat because uh, in Latin that's the first of the words, my soul glorifies, Magnificat. And it's very famous. But the setting, the literary setting of the Magnificat is a conversation between Mary and Elizabeth. And I'd never really recognized that before. I'd always kind of extracted the Magnificat and looked at it in isolation. But here are two women praising God and Mary singing the praises of God. And so just a verse from the Magnificat, even though it's part of Mary's story, it's also part of Elizabeth's story as she listens to this. Um, Mary says, sorry, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And down in verse 50, uh, 51, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. You know, we have longed for justice. We look at the world and we say, it's just not right that some people are so badly treated. We long for that to be restored and, rest and made right. And that's what justice is. It's not just punishing the guilty, but it's making restitution to those who have been oppressed. And this is the advent promise of the child that Elizabeth will bear and the child that Jesus will bear, that God is coming into this world to lift up the humble, to scatter the proud, those who oppress others, and to raise up those who had been oppressed and distressed. This is the essence of God's grace and the gospel. Actually, we talked about this in a Bible study group recently that, that I was involved in and some others here were involved in. Why does God have a preferential op option for the poor? Why does God seem to prefer those who are downtrodden? Isn't that a bit unfair? Shouldn't God treat everyone equally? And the answer to that question, I believe, is that people don't need equality. They don't need exactly the same kind of treatment. They need equity. Is that the right word, Yvette? In terms of giving those who don't have as much more and taking some from those who do have a lot, if that makes sense. That's what justice is about. God lifting up the humble, bringing down the proud, and giving to everyone his grace. And the final Advent promise, Elizabeth's story is just full of promise and joy, isn't it? Is that God shows great mercy. And this goes right back to Luke chapter 1, uh, verse, um, sorry, verse 25, where Elizabeth first gets pregnant. She says, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Jesus comes to take away disgrace. Someone put it this way once. Jesus doesn't come to deal out shame. Jesus comes to deal with shame. And so all of the places in our lives where we are ashamed or where we, where we feel like we are not worthy, God comes to take away our disgrace. Jesus comes to deal with our shame 
not to deal out shame. And so you can see that the story of Elizabeth, although it may not be as well known as the other stories in, in, among the Advent people, is full of great joy and great promise. And that each of us is now favoured by God because of the Advent promises that are fulfilled in the life of Elizabeth through the birth of John the Baptist and in the life of Mary through the birth of Jesus. May God's Advent promises fill you with joy and hope this Christmas. Amen.